welcome back to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Hey, Matt, bah humbug is the word I'm hearing on the street. Everywhere I go, there's a Grinch taking tinsel off a tree. Tell me it's no good. Tell me it's passe. Tell me anything to take my cheer away makes me want to clench my fist and oh. sock them in the mouth. Oh, Ryan, 25, 25, 25, 25, 25 days in a month. 25 days in enough where I don't give a wait a minute. Wait a minute, indeed. It's a Christmas episode. We are back. I had to sit and think for a second. How does this podcast start? Yeah, what, who does that? What's the routine that we do? Merry Christmas, Ryan. Merry, Merry Christmas, Matt. You know, we, you know, we've been uh, our so we're just coming back from our um, what <laughs> our, our four week uh, hiatus, <laughs> our brief, our brief sabbatical. You know, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a Gilligan's Island hiatus, right? <laughs> like it was it was a three hour tour that became uh, an inexplicably long absence. Um, but we are back for the uh, for the one thing that everyone who was wanting us back. Uh, this is the probably one thing you were not clamoring for, right? It's like. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've heard lots of albums, uh, undoubtedly, over the last few months. Uh, some of them are new records, and you've probably wondered, I wonder what Ryan and Matt have to say about those. Or you've listened to something from the early 2000s, which is what we had just reached in our historical march. And you'd be like, boy, I can't wait till TFT talks about uh, the turn of the millennium. And we are here to say... Bah humbug to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we are, uh, uh, life has, has, has found its way with us. Um, and, and the, the short hiatus became a longer one. Um, but we have to respect our most sacred of traditions um which is which is ruining christmas yeah we're we're, we're uh you know bill o'reilly wants to put the f- the the christ back in christmas we want to maintain the fuck you in christmas <laughs> look it's not going to it's it, that that spirit is not going to have itself we it must it must be kindled <laughs> and we are we are stacking the logs and uh and 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 making our eggnog molotov cocktail <laughs> on the christmas bonfire <laughs> um, and uh and and we are and and this is and and to have the 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 yule log at the end of late capitalism uh and, and just let it burn and burn and we will be and these are the carols that we will be singing we have four christmas albums uh that we are discussing this year uh recovering from our um our christmas death march last year in which we did what it was like six decades worth of christmas albums right from like uh elvis up to pentatonics yeah yeah exactly we did one per decade gosh that was a death march that was a christmas death march yeah i mean i'll say that that's basically the thing that almost killed the podcast (laughs) (laughs) if i have to put it in one place it's it's trying to do that and yet here we are back uh back for second servings but with four this year was a uh, you know we did that last year because there were not there were not albums, uh, new albums that were t- particularly exciting or interesting, um, and there's no shortage of that this year. What we have this year are four new albums um, that really hit. It's a it's a nice set of Christmas quadrants. I yeah, think. Yeah, sure. I mean, there there uh, even were more. I feel like the John Legend album would have been pretty interesting, you know, had we had we wanted to go that way. But that had the that had the potential of being merely mediocre as opposed to sublimely bad. I mean, it's the thing is, is like John Legend already this year has has been Jesus dying. And so we don't need the other side of it. (laughs) 
awesome as rock and roll dying Jesus um, in the uh, in the NBC uh, Jesus Christ Superstar event. Um, that was great. A- and aside, did you watch the Jesus Christ Superstar live event? No, I didn't. Uh, of, of the Jesus musicals, I'm I'm ride or die for Godspell, and so I don't really I don't really fuck with Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh man, see, I'm, I'm, I, I figure this would be the thing that really divides us. I'm, uh, uh, I'm, 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 I am uh, JCSS till death. All right, um, and so, um, and, and it's, it's, I mean, because my parents had a. Uh, I think through one of these like cassette clubs had a cassette of the best of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, and so a few of the good uh, uh, JCSS jams were on there along with, you know, uh, those good old cats jams, you know? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. There's never been a cat like Mr. Mistopheles, you know, man, I got to do that at karaoke. Oh, <laughs> boy. oh boy. Um, and, and speaking of doing karaoke, alienating karaoke, uh, the first of our albums, uh, that we are, we're covering is William Shatner's Shatner clause. Uh, subtitle the christmas album it is not a christmas album it is the christmas album (laughs) and and before we even talk about our others i just want to you know just just pull up the cover of 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 shatner claus and it features shatner um with a a santa hat on um kind of parting some some evergreens uh wearing aviator shades and I, i actually think just out of frame is a sniper rifle like i am sure that this it looks like he is hunting um uh, and and is is clearing some underbrush to get a clean shot um and this is you know the this is is a, a christmas album in his renowned spoken word style um that you know uh, you know made famous um way back early in his career right it was probably late 60s or early 70s when he did rocket man which is a a video that you know it seems to like bubble up into virality every once in a while um and and then is something that he's done every once in a while throughout his career so we have we have shatner spoken word christmas Um, we have um Tyler, the creator's music inspired by Illumination and Dr. Seuss's The Grinch EP, uh-huh. uh, along with two songs. A lot of, lot of brand names, a lot of brand names uh, in that in that title. Well, and, and, and I think what's funny is that none of those are necessarily authorized, right? This, this is so this is uh, this is Tyler, the creator's Grinch fan art. Yeah. Um, and and then but we also threw on the two songs that he did for the Grinch uh, sound uh, original motion picture soundtrack, uh, which is his reworking of the classic You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, as well as um, uh, I Am the Grinch, uh, another original song. So we bundled those together because the um, the Grinch EP is pretty short. Um, we next up, uh, in our, um, our, our Yule log train is uh, Christmas party by the monkeys. Hey, Hey, they're the monkeys and something, something, something monkey around. Um, and, uh, and, and this is an album, uh, that everyone was clamoring for. Uh, it's the, it's the, it's the TFT Christmas episode of Christmas albums. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, but I think notably, and, uh, and we may talk about this, uh, produced by Adam Schlesinger, who is the um, 
main singwriter, songwriter in principle of um, Fountains of uh, Fountains of Wayne um, of of Stacy's mom theme, um, and and features songwriting from by a number of kind of interesting and unexpected people, including Rivers Cuomo, um, Andy Partridge from XTC, I think, um, uh, and a few few others. There's a song with lyrics by Michael Chabon, right? And so, I mean, this this these are the things that got uh, this album on our radar. Um, and then finally, the last thing that I put on our, our playlist um, is I uh, love the holidays by the alt country band old 97s. Um, and, you know, this was, uh, and, and, you know, we have four in part because we, um, I created a playlist to help us choose which albums to, to pick. Uh, and then we never did that. So here we are. The default, uh, the, the default option is that we suffer. Um, uh, having, it's our penalty for not having made a decision. Um, but, but definitely queue up the playlist. It's in the show notes. Um, it's, it's worth a listen. So if, if you have not, um, listened to any of these Christmas albums, or rather, if you've not listened to all of these Christmas albums, um, then pause this podcast right away, um, and get very, Mary, um, really increase your merriness level to nine thousand, to, to well over nine thousand, um, and uh, and and uh, meet us back here to dive right into all these albums after this word from our commercial sponsors. Are you a mall Santa who has had a disappointing or traumatic experience with the children that you're who are your customers? Ho, 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 I'm so, so, so sad. Have you been screamed at by a parent for what seems like no reason? I, I'm just trying to bring joy into the world. <laughs> well, I'm from the Service Employees International Union, and I'm here to tell you, Santas of the world unite. You have nothing to lose but your jingle bells. Whoa. What what do I do to join this union? Well, that's because sign up for our uh, our neutral card counting, uh, you know, workplace poll and choose to unionize. Guarantee, uh, guarantee safe and sanitary working conditions. Guarantee regular breaks. No more peeing in the cookies and milk between children. Hey, it's me. What are the elves? What about me? What about me? <laughs> you too, little elf, though you're probably a part-timer with no benefits. I'm Gritty. <laughs> Hi, Gritty. You might be even more uh, you might be even more to the left than me. Would you like to socialize all mall Santas? I'm gritty. <laughs> oh, wow. You are gritty indeed. Do you want to guarantee a universal basic income for both Santas and elves? I'm gritty. That's an astonishing suggestion, gritty, to part parents from their children so that they can be raised in the new socialist utopia and not have any of their parents' late capitalist propaganda foisted upon them. Ho, ho, ho. I think we've gotten a little off track here. <laughs> so whether you're, a, whether you're a, a baby boomer mall Santa, a millennial elf, or a follower of Gritty, uh, who is to, to the left of uh, – uh, to, to the left of Antifa, <laughs> uh, enjoy your holidays and remember, uh, celebrate labor while we still can. 
And we're back. Ryan, I have a question. Oh, I, I had one for you, but you know, a question is truly the greatest gift of <laughs> this. Uh, this. Oh, hold on. Spotify is is fucking me here by by not making the columns. Uh, the columns do it. I, I think I may have forfeited my question. I was going to ri- – here was what my question was going to be. I was going to list down the collaborators <laughs> on uh, – uh, list down the collaborators on Shatner Clause and ask if they're for real because I I – I kind of don't get it, but we can return to that. Uh, I, I, I shat the bed on the question. What's your question? I have a related question. Let's stay with Shatner clause, um, which is, uh, this, this William Shatner with, with his Henry Rollins collaboration and his, his, uh, one of a kind Sprechgesang. Um, is he a punk band? (laughs) Um, is it required? I, I I think the answer is a qualified yes, right? Mm-hmm. Because he has rage, right? <laughs> this is this is the the rage. Now, I mean, William Chatner is doing very well. He's a he's a, a rich, but th- this is the rage of the sort of the white establishment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Kind of uniting itself in a way, disingenuously, but still uh, in in its propaganda, uniting itself with the rage of the quote unquote quote, white working class, which isn't totally a thing as much as everyone made it out to be, but like, you know, was a real, was a real discursive phenomenon, uh, in 2016, 2017. And like, this is, and, and it's, it's like, it's not, um, politically progressive punk it's politically reactionary punk you know so that's which is a a thing that exists right and so i I was exactly thinking about that and you know the reference point for that is um a band called fear so there was an la-based band fear that were contemporaries of x that were exactly reactionary punk and and you see it less but it's it's out there right and so fear um had songs like all all of fear's songs were kind of right wing ish takes on things like urban blight. Right. So they had songs like I love living in the city, which was uh, about how horrible Los Angeles was in the 1980s. Right. Um, uh, And, uh, and, and New York's all right. If you like saxophones Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, sick sick bird. Yeah. Sick bird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. They were dispensers of, of sick burns uh, and, and, and weird, uh, crypto fascism. Um, and so, but yeah, that there is you, one generally assumes that like punk means progressive. Um, and it definitely does not necessarily, right. There are lots of kind of conservative or reactionary tendencies in, in, in punk. Um, and, and I, I think there is some of that here. I mean, even it's interesting to think about where Henry Rollins's politics lie, but he definitely is in, he he definitely has at least in his um, you know forties and fifties settled into angry bro punk right and I, I think he's always had that kind of you know he's had beefy vibes right uh, and and even even stretching back to Black Flag um, so I think that there's um, there's there's something there so did you enjoy this album Matt <laughs> I mean I feel like it's more an idea than an album. It's, I, I, I want to ride this punk train a little bit, though, right? Because, yeah, like, yeah. I, the to a certain extent, it has 
you think of punk as being kind of basic. <laughs> the punk polar express, <laughs> right? Like it takes us straight to the, the North pole where uh, Santa's in a circle pit. <laughs> right. And the, uh, the, the, on the punk polar, when you've ridden the punk polar express, uh, you know, at the end he gets a bell that doesn't ring for anyone who doesn't believe in Santa, but you get a guitar, yeah. uh, that doesn't <laughs> feed back. Uh, f- for anyone who doesn't believe in the Sex Pistols, right, right, it's right. It's it's acoustic for for everyone whose heart is not truly punk. That's <laughs> that's it's the ultimate scene policing. Actually, yeah, it can, exactly. It can tell if you're. It's a guitar that can tell if you're for real. You know, um, that's. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Um, you think of punk as being kind of like unvarnished sort of basic musical materials. And even though some Christmas songs are harmonically a little more complicated because they're kind of great American songbook songs rather than or hymns rather than, uh, you know, rather than the kind of straight ahead rock and roll of the Ramones, for example, the um, the fact that they're Christmas songs kind of makes them hashtag basic, you know, kind of makes them basic musical materials. They're, they're like the, the Duplo blocks. They're like the Duplo blocks of the great American songbook, you know, the, the big, um, uh, hefty, hefty Lego blocks, not the, the little intricate Lego blocks. So that's, that's like, that's a, and then I think there has to be some kind of like strong, strong, passionate feeling. And like, the, though he's not, it's the, there's this sort of angry vibe through all of all of Shatner. Like I enjoyed it in the sense that, like, I kind of got I kind of got a kick out of saying, "What the fuck is this?" Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, um, I also think, like, you know, this this record was made by him, like hitting the demo button on a on a Casio synthesizer. You know, the arrangements are are neither inspired nor technically correct. Uh, no. Both both little drummer boy and O Come O Come Emmanuel have whole phrases taken out uh over and over and over so that the the lyrics don't the, the verse doesn't line up the the lyrics don't yeah. line up with the music yeah. D- did you notice that like what yeah. the you know what the and then uh, like some of the people who were on it i kept thinking like what is this person doing here like so i was going to say like uh um you know this 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 uh William Shatner is he for real, but it's more like these collaborators are they for real like what are they what are they getting out of you know especially the ones who are uh who are good like what what are they getting out of being on this album that's what that was what i I wanted to kind of throw your way with the question, but it is angry I mean there is like oh come, oh come emmanuel emmanuel you're late, you're late. <laughs> It's also like, does he know that this is an improv game? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like, I think several things about it, though. I think the 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 off kilterness definitely also beyond the anger is also what puts it in punk territory, right? That I think it's um, Winter Wonderland, especially which is one of the ones that, oh that has more of the kind of peppier guitars, right? And I, I think Todd Rundgren's on that one. Um, like Winter Wonderland and um, the kind of fast part of Rudolph, like become like hold steady songs basically, right? Um, and and there is this kind of the the kind of shouty spreckizang that puts it in a punk, punk place. And you know, I mean, there's the and I think that that idea is sort of there. Um, 
uh, in the last, right, the Jingle Bells reprise, um, uh, the punk rock version, right? Both Jingle Bellses are with Henry Rollins, but right, even the non-punk version, right, is it's it's sung as Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh, right? Um, and and it is interesting, right? So he he manages to find. <laughs> to split to find the middle ground between Black Flag and Barbara Streisand, right? Um, because he also does the um and I guess if you're going to put Jingle Bells on record, you do all of the verses. So you end up in upsot territory. Yep. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it's definitely once you're, once you're treading, um, uh, into upsot, you're really in, in, uh, Streisand's iconic upsot character, uh, territory that we, uh, um, uh, discussed last year. And that's, you know, uh, and that is, you know, once you're in that ground, you're definitely in kind of oh oh the the league of exemplary Christmas extraness, right? Like, um, and 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 I think that that's that's there. I mean, I think it is interesting. I guess like. It's a kind of it's a it's a version of weak misreading, right? And, yeah. and you, you know what you know what it's like at the at the end of the Taming of the Shrew. There there were all these films of this from mid century. Um, this is something Pete and I talked about. I, I can't tell after like three thousand hours of podcast, but I, I don't have any more thoughts anymore. So I just recycle the things as appropriate. But like the uh, as prompted by the culture that we're commenting on. So there at the end of of. Um, uh, I keep wanting to say kiss me, Kate. At the end of Taming of the Shrew, um, Kate has this speech that, sa- uh, that begins, I am ashamed that women are so simple when she is, um, kind of capitulating to her, to her husband. Now, the, the Harold Bloom reading is that, uh, that she is being Machiavellian, that she's, you know, she's entering into a kind of alliance with her husband, them against the world. Uh, and, um, saying like i don't understand why everyone can't do this a little bit it reminds me of the the you know very facetious sarcastic ali wong joke um which is uh i i feminism is the worst thing to happen to women our job used to be no job you know <laughs> and that's uh yeah I, I she took heat i mean people kind of took that amiss when a little bit when baby cobra came out but that 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 is the harold bloom reading of that of that speech. Anyway, um, he said he, he would say memorably that the only two happy couples in Shakespeare are, uh, Kate and Petruchio and, uh, King and Lady Macbeth. Mm. But that, um, but that uh, very that's often a hot, that's a hot Shakespeare take. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, hot, hot shake, if you will. <laughs> uh, she, uh, in in these like nineteen fifties films of the Taming of the Shrew, there would always be this this big wink after that that speech, right? Like, mm. um, I, I'm ashamed that women are so simple. And Bugs Bunny ain't I a stinker, right? Like, (laughs) and that's that's not in the script. Like, that's an interpretive move, but it's an interpretive move to kind of like sell out the material that you're doing. And I feel that way a little bit about the Streisand upsot as well, right? That it's not a, it's not according to Hoyle. rendition it's just interpretation you know or it's a it's a kind of under undercutting in a way that doesn't uh uh it doesn't always sit sit well with me which is maybe why i don't like 
the fact that he uh he messed up the little drummer boy you know but the the Rum pum pum pum. <laughs> Rum pum pum pum. Um, by the way, did you were you aware of the LBD meme hashtag this year? Um, I'm not sure. I LDB. I, I, so no. the, the 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 game was. I I forget how I saw this. It was. It came across my radar. Um, you see how long you can go into the Christmas season without hearing the little drummer. Uh, and when you do hear it, you tweet where you heard it with the hashtag LDB. Got it. And mine was a um, like a, a MIDI, uh, I don't know, like in a Chinese restaurant or something like that. It was a like synthesizer uh, orchestration of it. It wasn't this. I wish I could say it would be more glorious to say that William Shatner uh, uh, got my got my LDB card. Um, Wait, and so is is the premise of this meme that the. Um that the little drummer boy is bad because if so, I am going to fight everyone because uh, I love the little drummer boy because the little drummer boy is me. (laughs) I think, I think the, uh, I think the premise is that it's ubiquitous. I see. Um, and, and it sort of represents a, uh, you know, Christmas decoration early, early in the year taking over. I mean, I think the point was that, like, some people were were calling it in October you know, or early November before Thanksgiving, like right after Halloween in October is what I mean. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it's enough in the like, why? But why LDB? Like, um, I like, I, you know, because I feel like why is it? I mean. Like, it's not. I, I, maybe it's because it's not actually the most. I, I would argue that it's not even the most ubiquitous of the Christmas songs, right? It's like I feel like it, it would be interesting to see what the most played in any cycle are. Uh, and I mean, I guess maybe LDB is like top ten, but I feel like in some ways, like the like a Jingle Bells um, or or a like i feel like walking a winter wonderland gets it gets pretty pumped out there then maybe those are not good for the challenge because they're in the like first crop like uh they're like the easy one but once you're like the early and or earlier that you're getting little drummer boy means that like you're getting to like peak christmas or kind of like you know deep cut christmas not deep cut like but like mid-level christmas uh sooner i'm trying to understand uh the the logic of this because i i i really do have i i will not accept any slander of of the little drummer drummer boy (laughs) fair fair enough uh uh ldb um you know yeah exactly represent the parumpa pum pum the mary the the (laughs) lambs (laughs) right the the ox the lambs the baby jesus the ldb and the (laughs) angels we have heard on high (laughs) <laughs> that's great yeah that's what the world does need uh enter and th- enter the 36 chambers of christmas right <laughs> <laughs> um that uh i mean so uh back at you did you enjoy the shatner album i mean yeah look i'm i'm a person who will willingly listen to experimental noise music uh-huh. so like I, I felt so satisfyingly and gloriously trolled um, because let me tell you what else I liked about it. Right. So I like, I like 
trollish performance art. And I think there's some of that there uh, here, right? And I do think one interpretation of, of why the collaborators collaborated is that there is this kind of, I mean, these weren't necessarily people, comedy people, but I, I think that they wanted to be, I mean, it's like people who want to be potentially part of a meme. I don't know, right? Like the, the, there is that, that piece of it. Um, or, or it's probably just people who have enjoyed um, and found the Shatner Shatner's musical career funny um, in some way, um, and and it is this interesting thing because he he really he just goes full Shatner on every song and, yep. and beyond the anger anger it's also the it's the commitment and the 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 elocution it's you know it's funny because I've never really watched. Um, Star Trek, any any of the Star Treks, um, and so I know him less in that role. But it's you know that that where I see kind of classic Shatner externess is his two uh, classic uh, appearances on the Twilight Zone, right? The uh, the Gremlin on the wing of the airplane, um, and the the fortune telling um, like Chachki in the roadside diner, right? And in both of these, he just you know, it's, it's they're the same, right? He just, he progressively flips out more and more. Um, and this is that with jingle, with, with jingling bells. Um, and so I, I enjoyed it for that. I enjoyed it for its, you know, a, uh, proximity by, for, uh, to my be- beloved, uh, Sprechazang, um, speak singing. Um, I liked it because it gave me inspiration for, um, uh, for ways that I uh, songs I could do in Christmas adjacent karaoke sessions yeah. uh, and ways to do them. Um, and then the other thing, and we've talked about this before on, on our Christmas episodes is that I like Christmas albums. Like generally I, I, I one thing I tend to like, or uh, one thing I tend to dislike on Christmas albums are, uh, or my, or let me let me reformulate this. My enjoyment of a Christmas album is often um, a result of the ratio of classic canonical Christmas songs to new songs, and this one is all or almost entirely classics. Yeah. Um, the only one I didn't know there was yeah. one for you, one for me. Is yeah, that I don't a, know. I don't know what that is. Um, but, and so I, I like, I really like Christmas albums, um, that are interpretations of the classics because I, I do think, you know, we're in the no new friends era of, um, of Christmas music, right? Like, you know, there hasn't really been an addition to the canon. I mean, I would argue since Mariah Carey, right? And so, I mean, I guess, I guess that said, you know, Mariah Carey, "All I Want for Christmas Is You" is back in the Billboard <laughs> top ten <laughs> again, right? So, I guess if you write one that makes becomes canon, you're you're um, cashing that check for life. So, I guess it's worth um, you know buying your lottery ticket. But uh, but we, we we don't need more. So I, 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 there's something, the combination of the tradition, but the the kind of the the trollishness and borderline unlistenability of it <laughs> is enjoyable to me uh, in its own way. Um, but I, I, I is as I as I listened, there is a little bit of this. You know, Shatner as a foot soldier uh, in the in the Christmas Defense Forces, right? And I guess that reinterprets again my reading of 
the um of the cover art as being military right it's you know aviator glasses signal a lot of things but on shatner in his posture and maybe in the context of the music it feels military right and it feels like he is like in you know in the shrubbery fighting a guerrilla war to save christmas funny funny you should say that like uh, hot off the press this from um actually no it's from november 26th uh this from military.com uh william shatner's holiday album features a military christmas song uh from the beginning the song Shat- uh, from the middle of the article the song shatner considers to be the album centerpiece is a new one one for you one for me which sends mm. to music a poem written by blades anthony uh, a u.s military veteran who served in afghanistan and wrote poetry about his experiences there that poem anchors the album, Shatner said. I met Blades Anthony, a veteran who had been very disturbed by a battle he was involved in in Afghanistan. He showed me a sheer of poems that must mean sheaf, a sheaf of poems about the tragedy of that battle. I asked him to write uh, me a Christmas poem, and he came up with One for You, One for Me about the soldiers in Afghanistan wondering what Christmas is like for the people back home. Uh, and then he took it to producers and... Um, uh, took it to the producers and they set it to music, you know? That's very interesting. I mean, so, it, I mean, it does, like, fit with exactly your interpretation of the ways in which this is a conservative Christ, uh, Christmas album um, and, and, and that it's bound up with these notions around, you know, he's definitely owning a brand around kind of aggrieved white masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so like, so what, I mean, uh, uh, sorry, I'm like, I'm fascinated by this article now. I just want to spend the rest of the podcast reading this, reading this article. Um, He says, uh, that falls under the rubric of ruining Christmas. So proceed. (laughs) Um, He, uh, he didn't, Shannon insists that he didn't just step into a studio and recite lyrics over prepare backing tracks, but that he worked closely with the album producers in applying his vision of how each number ought to play out. How do you do Jingle Bells differently, he said. I thought, what happens if the horses are running off? There are two guys in the sled. It's actually not two guys. It's a, a man and a woman. It's, it's the, 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 the eye of the lyrics and, the, um, and Miss Fanny Bright. But there are two guys on the sled. And the, so this is a, the... Hey man, uh, Fanny Bright, listen, Fanny Bright is non-binary, all right? Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, and the horses are running off. Now, I've been, says Shanner, I've been on runoff horses, and you don't stop them. You just guide them. So for my version, the horses take off. We listened uh, back initially. I said, that's not quite right. Let's put the sound of some hoofbeats on it. Um, so, I mean, this, he, okay, so reading it's, this article. He is terrifyingly for real. <laughs> he, is, he is owning it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that, uh, that sort of thing. And honestly, the horse is American society and culture, right? And he is the, uh, he is the sort of the, the white elite, the kind of the white male elite, um, the equestrian class, if you will. <laughs> Trying to hold on, trying desperately to cling to uh, the mane of privilege as the horse uh, shoots out from from under him. And he's going to end up, uh, you know, upsought. 
<laughs> Look, we will. If Greedy has his way, uh, uh, everyone will end up upset, right? <laughs> um, there's one other just detail though, and, and I think that, that solidifies this reading of like of you know Chris uh, of of Shatner's militant pro Christmas stance as being kind of um, you know a, a volley in the the culture war, which it's, it's an interesting detail that it came, uh, you know. Um, it, it, it didn't occur to me the first several times I listened to this album, but then I happened to listen to a um, a, a, a certain archival text um, by a, a great uh, social theorist and, and social historian uh, named Adam Sandler. Uh, and Adam Sandler, uh, in his uh, in the 1996 work uh, The Hanukkah Song, um, uh, has this lyric, which you may recall: "You don't need the deck, the halls, or Jingle Bell Rock." When you can spin a dreidel with Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock, both Jewish. That's right. I, I, I had forgotten this because of how pro-militant Christmas Shatner is here. That he's he's Jewish, raised in the Jewish neighborhood of Montreal, right? And so it's it's uh, and 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 there's something still then. He is still, though, offended by probably very by people who want to say happy holidays rather than Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's a political stance. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's that it's right. It's the kind of it's the the economic alliance. It's the kind of the, the sociocultural and socioeconomic um, sort of alliance. Oh, this, it's the same phenomenon frankly, that allows Michelle Obama to be friends with George W. Bush. Mm. With, with, sorry, with the war criminal George W. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's uh, that, that very often, like, class affinity will override a lot of other things, right? A sense of uh, a sense of community, a sense of kind of common cause uh, will override a lot of other things, um, in in that thing and this this to me like um there is a kind of syncretic genius to christmas Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. kind of adopting i mean adopting sort of german traditions adopting some sort of norse traditions of like yule right and uh i think that the uh christmas tree is a german thing you know Mm -hmm. um yeah, the Tannenbaum, right? Exactly, and that like, yeah, even Oh Christmas Tree, Oh Christmas Tree, German. It's a German song originally, and like that, that like, and this sort of devotion to Christmas was in America was like, you know, uh, if you like Christmas before it was cool, uh, you're an OG because Christmas was cool, then it wasn't cool, uh, then it was cool again, and then it got it. It has been like late capitalism has kind of sunk its teeth into it, which is why I think the the uh, LD b game is is a thing because it's so just the whole thing is so so pervasive so kind of so kind of inescapable as a cultural phenomenon and to me this is actually this is of a piece with early christianity like one of the one of the kind of genius things about early christianity was how it managed to sort of graft itself onto non-christian devotions and kind of swallow them up and make them christian right like uh you know the the like goddess cults for example got a devotion to 
to Mary, um, who who not only is a uh, uh, and and a aficionado of Little Drummer Boy music, but also you know was the the Virgin Mother of God, right? And that like so there was like a great kind of miraculous thing, a connection to sort of a mo- being a mother and and fertility, and like a lot a, a lot of stuff that worked. Um, there was this kind of this thought technology of saints, you know, which was an important thing. There was a way in which sort of uh, asceticism, asceticism, um, not uh, asceticism would be like vinegariness, right? Asceticism, not necessarily part of, um, not necessarily part of Christianity 1.0, you know, the original kind of Jesus movement and its immediate aftermath with Paul and whatnot. Um, that like it it got co-opted and and sort of it like christmas co-opts things and it 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 like it does a really great uh, kind of masking the means of production kind of move on a lot of the stuff it co-ops, which is why there's sort of an Americana uh, in the United States. There's this like Americana theme to Christmas and sort of small, even almost like Western-ish or like small town Main Street, New England, I guess, is the more the storefronts I'm thinking of are New England storefronts and not like Westworld type storefronts, you know, um, with, uh, you know, light candles in the windows and garlands uh, uh, hung from the, the rafters and, and, um, snow falling and connecting, yeah. con- collecting and drifts on the, on the sidewalk. But that's not, I mean, that's not authentic, right? That's not, <laughs> that's not historical, you know? Uh, that's, that's kind of not how it, ca- that, that at least does not reflect the diachronic process of like how it came to be. Oh, I love this. Uh, your ideal Christmas is a false consciousness, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. And, uh, yeah, the, 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 as Gritty says, the machinery of Christmas is oiled with the blood of the workers. <laughs> kind of should, have, should have hit that one for the commercial, but the, the, right. And that like, there is a, there is a thing like, and I, I actually, so I went to a Christmas concert this year, Ryan. Tell me more. I don't know if you're aware, but I went to the uh, the She and Him um, Christmas show uh, featuring my uh, old friend Zoe Deschanel and M. Ward. I went backstage at the show and, and Zoe introduced him to me saying, this is Matt. Matt, meet Matt. Uh, and and she did it in a way that was just like a little hokey, but also kind of undeniably charismatic. I wish there were a word for that. Um, the uh, but it was the whole the whole show was this kind of like Americana country rock sort of thing, which I think is what I, I mean. That that was his thing when he recorded under his own name and recording uh, as as she and him, and they did almost no. Um, religious Christmas songs or like Jingle Bells type Christmas songs. They did like, uh, Elvis Blue Christmas. They did the Mariah yeah. Carey song. They yeah. did all secular, uh, popular music Christmas songs. It was like from the point of view of selection and sequencing, it was a very, um, it was a very interesting show. But from the point of view of, uh, musical style, there was this sort of, it was this this uh it was particularly this sort of um alt rock country uh 
you know, sort of Americana sort of thing. And uh, I thought of that a lot when I was listening to the old 97s record that you that uh, that you suggested for this episode, not um, because uh, be- because of the vibe, though the old 97s record is all originals. Oh, well, the, I guess there's some bonus tracks that are the that are the um, uh, that that are the traditional Christmas songs. And the, like, the only the only traditional song that's on the album proper is "All Lang Syne," right. right? Which ends the album, which is, I think is not really even really a Christmas song. No, <laughs> uh, no, exactly. It's, like. uh, it's a it's a it's a a New Year's song, right? Um, but it's it's Christmas adjacent, um, you know, just by by timing. Um, it's so. Did they buy? It's interesting. I'd love to hear you think about how the song selection and genre overlap, especially in this, you know, did they successfully, did, did either the She and Him um, live Christmas show or the old 97s um, successfully reclaim Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 did, I, I, like, did they, did they successfully be, basically make this Christmas, this Christmas song kills fascists? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, right? I, like, I, Woody Guthrie Christmas album. <laughs> I don't know. Like they, they, it wasn't, you know, Ryan, uh, the Sheenham show didn't so much reclaim Christmas as it, uh, managed to reframe Christmas, right? Because I think by focusing on the American, the 20th century American popular song uh, versions of these, things like um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas, Mele Kaliki Maka, uh, stuff like this, right? Like it, it connected Christmas to American commercial culture, right? Mm. And so, and, and you could sort of, there wasn't exactly a social critique running through it, but you could kind of view that show as an expose uh, in in a certain way or sort of like um, a, a kind of revealing of what the nature of uh, the nature of Christmas in America actually is, you know? Right. And so, I mean, and, and that way, I guess that is the, that's the, the first step before revolution, right? right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's the, it's, it's a temporary dictatorship of the, uh, you know, of the old country singer songwriters. And, and I mean, what did you, what did you think of the old 97s album? Uh, the, uh, the, of, of all, of all originals. I didn't think the songwriting was that great. I thought the vibe was, was fun, was pleasant enough. Uh, I was at, I was after, I was at the gym kind of after a uh, hard elliptical workout. So I was rolling out my, uh, I was rolling out my tight <laughs> muscles and stretching and it was, uh, it was, you know, chill vibes to stretch to. Yeah. Yeah. All country is great foam rolling music. <laughs> uh, I mean, especially because like, you know, the, also the, the, it's a perfect overlap because like people who are going to be attracted to all country probably need to probably need to foam roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll bet they're a little, they're a little tight up in their it bands, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That was, you know, I, I think that's a good, a good description. Um, and I, I've never really listened to the old 97s and I, I wasn't aware of the premise. I mean, uh, um, you know, the, the kind of principal singer songwriter of the old 97s, uh, Rhett Butler, um, said, you know, I just, 
his approach, and I, 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 and this is both kind of interesting and obnoxious. Um, so I guess it appealed to me. Um, was I, I just wrote the kinds of songs I usually write, and they happen to take place in December. <laughs> um, um, and I, I, the one that I really found very charming, uh, in spite of myself, was the like Rudolph. Uh, Rudolph was blue, right? Rudolph looking for um, a, uh, a a counterpart, yeah. right? And and being sad of, of being um, being alone and not having any anybody like him, and finding uh, finding in the end finding a mate. Um, and and there was just like a great. I don't know. There was a thing in the song where that was, um, and, and I don't think the lyrics are online, or I, I at least don't have them pulled up. But there's a, a great kind of litany of places. Um, and, and of where Rudolph traveled looking for his mate, uh, and it was it was a very a very nice uh, nice kind of rhythmic twangy recounting of, of of places, and 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 I feel like that was for me the um, the center of the album, I, and I like their version of All Lang Syne as well, right? That there were you know I'm, I'm not <laughs> uh, I'm not usually an alt country guy, but I, like again. I think this goes back to my, my principle, actually. So it's, it's this interesting kind of thing. Um, and, and I learned an additional thing, right? Uh, if I if I like albums generally, um, Christmas albums, uh, and my appreciation of them is, is related to that ratio of classics to originals, there's this weird loophole is that if it's all originals— uh-huh then uh then i then i buy in right because then it's not that there's like crap that i'm wanting to skip past to get to the songs i know but it just it creates um holiday vibes yeah. right and and there are like it, like this kind of you know chill chill old man foam rolling um holiday vibes aren't um my dominant holiday vibes but they are a holiday vibe um and they're 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 uh, and so there it actually has more of a a use case than many christmas albums do as as albums and i think you know again because there's that choice i think that that's what's striking both about shatner claws and about the old 97th album is that they both cohere as albums which is very rare yeah. for for christmas albums sure rather right. yeah rather than being just kind of like an assortment platter like a sampler platter they actually have a have a kind of a thread yeah definitely um, but i want to i want to problematize your your appreciation of the old 97s a little bit because i want to suggest that the old 97s record is the george herbert walker bush of christmas albums <laughs> Uh-huh. Go on. <laughs> right. If right. Uh, if it's, William Shatner is the George W. Bush, the the kind of the neoconservative kind of proto fascism that, that I think I think Shatner is the Trump of Christmas. Well, I was I was about to say like it slides into yeah okay I, I mean I'll give you that I was gonna like kind of make a uh, make a connection between that Carl Rove the Tea Party Steve Bannon white nationalism and Trump right like that that like it's the the virulent aspect of it is a lot clearer but uh but the old 97s like the alt country christmas album um christmas nostalgia like white 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 christmas nostalgia right mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
is uh, um, is like the gentler form of that, where yeah. when it dies, everyone uh, everyone is like, oh, how respectful! What a commitment to public service uh, the alt country community had, right? Without actually really uh, accounting for. Um, uh, I, I, accounting for the cost of the hegemony of alt country, and, and I, it's interesting because I think that this is you. You very nicely articulated why I typically avoid alt country in yeah. general, and and I mean, and and if if you. And that is that that's, you know, a general preference of mine. And it's one that's strictly enforced by TFT punk correspondent Rachel D. We have a strong uh, alt country not welcome in our uh, in our household. Uh, if I, you know, if there's a you know, again, there just might be occasional certain like Sunday morning vibes where I pull out my vinyl me please copy of Wilco's AM. And, and she every time without fail says, what is this? <laughs> You think, you think she knows by now? It's the uh, it's the one record you have in the house. I mean, ironically, she's like a she's like a. Wh- uh, I'm sorry, I was just gonna say it's the musical equivalent of the her with Anne from Arrested <laughs> Development. But sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's funny. Well, the egg. What? Um, yeah. The uh, I, I ironically, uh, TFT punk correspondent Rachel D is like a Western saloon keeper with a shotgun behind the bar who takes aim every time the piano player plays something that she doesn't like exactly yeah that's uh that's exactly right i guess you know what it is and why and again maybe it's just that i was you know rachel uh also had no interest in 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 having you know for her once we last year found the toasters um christmas ska album she never needed to hear another new christmas album again <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is christmas ska <laughs> is christmas ska dead um and uh and 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 so I, I was mostly listening to this myself and uh and, and I think it's that if you are going to have that kind of nostalgia and, and this kind of more the more this more kind of be, seemingly benign nostalgia, then that that's a look that goes really well with Christmas, right? <laughs> you know, that, uh, it, it, this seemingly nor- normalized, normalized, but actually pernicious nostalgia, um, it, is it, it, like, I guess that like, right. Because like Shatner ultimately agitates you because you it, like, because it is, is confrontational. Um, and, and it is, and it's it's militant uh, in in a way, right? Whereas as this is right, this is the in terms of kind of uh, and and obviously you know Christmas nostalgia, uh, it, it, it's it's like the 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 gradients of gritty meme, right? And um and and alt country is is the the mild mannered muppet of like oh well i like you know um i like all country christmas albums right? and, and and shatner is if you know gritty were i guess it's that right there's a so so right that spectrum goes from like mild mannered liberal um to gritty right and extreme progressive yep. but like the shatner album is if you then go from all country in the other direction and it ends up at peppy the frog right, right? and that's that's the shatner album um and uh and that's that's where that's where it ends up but that like there is something 
alluring about that kind of the milquetoast middle of that of that um of the of the of the muppet political spectrum uh-huh. <laughs> uh and and that's kind of where alt country and alt country christmas uh, uh resides um you know you know who is just uh, entirely off of the um uh, off of the 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 milk toast muppet christmas spectrum is the grinch <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean his heart is two sizes too small well and uh you know it's interesting that we were talking about you know like liking christmas before it was cool uh and and the, the cycles or the cycles of of being uh, into or not into Christmas, you know the Grinch. The Grinch disliked Christmas before it was cool, and he the the, the Grinch waged war on Christmas um, before it was cool to do so. Yeah, um, and it's. Uh, I, what are your before we dive into the Tyler the uh, uh, Creator um, Grinch Grinch material Grinch songs? I, I won't call it an album. It's more of a collection of Grinch songs. Um, what are your feelings on the Grinch? Um, I mean, well, I, I, uh, I am a Jim Carrey denialist and I am also a, uh, uh, I am a, a recent illumination and Dr. Seuss's the Grinch, um, denialist as well. I'm a, a in fact, any kind of 3d Grinch, I am a flat Grincher. <laughs> Whether right, whether it's uh, in the two D animation, hand drawn animation uh, of the the TV special or the the film, or of the flat pages of the Doctor Seuss book, um, and I have uh, I have great affinity for the Grinch, but it is uh, it is hard to um, it is hard to stomach these new incarnations of it. I mean this this uh, yeah. It's just as just, the thing that saves the Jim Carrey Grinch is um, is none other than Taylor Momsen, um, L- Lil J, um, uh, starring oh, right as Cindy Lou Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spotted little Cindy Lou uh, crying because all of her toys were stolen. Um, who who Grinched her this year? XOXO. <laughs> um, the yeah. And Gossip Girl in the Grinch universe would be Max the dog, right? Just like uh-huh. tapping away at the computer, like Dan Humphrey. Uh-huh. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, that's a Christmas present for all, all for all of our OG listeners. And, um, and by the way, he's as likely a Gossip Girl as Dan Humphrey is. Yeah, Max burn, the, burn. Max, Max the dog. Look, this. I mean, it's interesting. Like, what does it mean? Music inspired by the the motion picture, right? Like, and and soundtrack albums. This is like uh, the the say what you will about the the proto fascism of alt country, uh, but the old ninety sevens record in our in our kind of uh, turn in our what is it CD exchanger on our platter this year, right? Was the um, was the only one that didn't kind of smell like a corporate merger to me. Didn't smell like an alliance of powerful brands, you know? Like, even the the, the Tyler, the Creator album is uh, uh, EP, where it's kind of collected songs um, that uh, some of them self-produced, some of them with collaborators, um, th- that it's music inspired by Illumination and Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, right? There's three powerful brand names in there, The Grinch, uh, Dr. Seuss, and Illumination. I mean, uh, uh, ironically, Illumination probably being the least powerful culturally. Right. But that, uh, like, it's... um. 
though how, they they must be pretty powerful if they can lock up the rights to uh if they can lock up the rights to this and and shatner is is shatner he's sort of a brand name the monkeys album which you know if we don't talk about it, it's fine with me uh the well, monkeys we're, we're going to talk about this, if this album goes this, this episode goes for four hours <laughs> we're, we're, every every christmas is a death march in its own way <laughs> it's a christmas dinner with my family um the right like and and the the monkeys are sort of a brand name i mean are this sort of artificial band right like that's uh you know there there is this this calculated aspect to it where where something about the old 97s and and like Hey, you know, I just write what I write. I just set them all in December where that is, that is almost the most for real, um, the most for real of it. So like, you know, Tyler, Tyler is not just Tyler. He's Tyler, the creator. And Mm -hmm. I, I just sort of think about what is the space of a creator in, or what is the, the job or the kind of, um, you know, the, the prerogative of a creator in this kind of, uh, in this kind of environment. I mean, I think that the way I interpret the usage of the brand names, um, for me, the lens into this is the cover art for this, right? So if you look at the cover art for music inspired by Illumination and Dr. Seuss's The Grinch EP, it's this kind of um, extreme, um, slightly slightly kind of a high contrast, kind of fuzzed out, um, color shifted, um, a picture of the Grinch, and it's very, it's me, very kind of Warhol, right? And and I actually think that part of this engagement with these brands, it comes from a pop art impulse, um, and also, right, that you know that that having the full long name, yes, it is kind of paying homage to these brands, right? And he, and he did work with those brands. Um, uh, and, and he, he uh, we have two songs from the actual soundtrack, but there's something trollish about saying all of the names, right? In the same way that, um, and I won't get it right. Cause I don't have it right in front of me, but at, when we did the carnival, we insisted on, on, on reading out the entire full proper name of what, what Wyclef Jean, uh, and the refugee all-stars present the carnival. Is that, is that it? Or is there or, more? No, I, I think it's uh, Wyclef Jean uh, presents the carnival featuring refugee all stars. Right. Exactly right. It's a it's a it's a very much a and it's, it's that's in the same um, impulse of the like like you know the mark for mark for mark by Mark Jacobs in association with Jacobs uh, at all right like the the kind of increasing levels of of co branding um, of the um of 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 the mark jacobs um yeah even the fashion lines with the same the same parent company all named after the same designer right right um and so i i think that there is so i i do think that but and so it's this interesting relationship where there is a little bit of right this is still feels like unofficial grinch (laughs) uh, like uh fan art like and and it is interesting that the grinch people approved this right because it is like um i mean these I, i think the songs on the ep are a little different from the ones from the soundtrack right that both um, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch is actually a really, I, I like it as a rework of the, Oh, who did the original? Was it, uh, is it thorough Ravencroft? Did I make that up? Or is that a real person who sang a Grinch song? Um, uh, thorough. Yeah. MGM studio orchestra and thorough Ravenscroft. Ravenscroft. Wow. That's Thurl a Ravens. good, that's a good, uh, good pull. Where did that come from? 
somebody sang it at, at karaoke the other night. Um, oh, and it and, said it? yeah, yeah. Uh, or I had looked it up. It's yeah. So it's, it's, it's good. That's some good karaoke slash trivia. Oh, um, that's good. That's, uh, okay. He also was the voice of, of Tony the tiger for five decades. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Christmas is great. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, it all, it really all comes back to capitalism, doesn't it? Uh, and, uh, and so I think that I, re- I really like, I mean, that, that the original song is, is great because it's, it's just very, I mean, again, I guess I like in my holiday, I like extraness in my holiday, uh, holiday adjacent music because it is all very extra, right? It is, it is all of, and, and, and that kind of goes a little bit with, um, LDB challenge as well of like, people have a sense that it is all a bit much. <laughs> and so, and, and, and it is right in terms of the expectation and the spending and the advertising and the tie-ins. Um, and, and, and so things like the throwaway Raven Croft Grinch song, right. is just the, the things said about the Grinch are just increasingly more ridiculous. Uh, and, and I think that the Tyler version is a, is a very cool flip on just by the, what it adds rhythmically. Um, and, and I, think and and then the the other but it's still kind of very tame and very kind of down the middle um and then uh the the second song the i am the grinch feels like the you know it's it's like on that trend of the like rap song at the end right the ninja trolls rap songs uh-huh. right uh, that Richard Rosenbaum and I wrote about um, a little a little while ago on on the site, right? Or the, was, or the Adams family, the MC Hammer right? Adams family, exactly, exactly. Where it's just like a list of things like that are in the universe of the property. Uh-huh. Um, and, whereas I feel like, I mean, it really is the the EP is really music inspired by, right? And it's a mix of things that are are sort of like soundtrack music that's not on a soundtrack um and it's it's a little bit like danny elfman uh, maybe danny elfman did the real soundtrack and then a little bit like it, it gave me definitely um like charlie brown christmas special vibes um uh-huh. and then and, and it just made me appreciate like tyler like Tyler, the producer, right? That there are uh, that that I thought he did lots of nice things with like space and rhythm and kind of texture, like yeah. a lot of tinkling bells. Um, you know, it's weird. It it it's a rare Christmas um, musical project that left me wanting more. I wanted the like a full kind of Grinch uh, Grinch album that was uh, that delved into a Grinch adjacent the, the Grinch extended universe more deeply. Um, but uh, but I guess uh, I guess I guess my heart just maybe grew a few a few more sizes uh, too big. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I can't wait until the the Tyler the Creator Grinch. Um album comes out i mean is is uh odd future still a thing or have they have they disbanded at this point you can tell i don't follow the they've they've scattered i i think i mean i guess it's i think it's still tyler's overarching brand and it's it's kind of is as everything is these days a a more of a you know multi multi platform conglomerate right um but i think that um, like for instance, I believe like Earl Sweatshirt is is has struck off onto his own. Um, and I want, and the, ha- I want the Earl Sweatshirt 
Christmas album. I I don't want shit. I won't go outside. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, he actually uh, he, he released a new album that was, very, was that was showed up on a lot of year end uh, lists just near not not too long ago maybe just a month ago. I think it's called Some Rap Songs. I believe. Um, and it is very. Uh, that is exactly what it is. It, it, the album contains some rap songs, <laughs> uh, and it is it is definitely for people who like don't want like thing. If, if you you like your rap music uh, devoid of things like choruses and R and B singers and you know and, and and you just want some rap songs, then Earl is the guy for you. Um, and so I think that that is an ethos that's not exactly aligned with um, music inspired by. Uh, Illumination and Dr. Seuss's The Grinch EP by Mark Jacobs for Mark Jacobs. <laughs> Mark Jacobs shall not perish from the earth. I like the, I, I really like the I Am the Grinch song. I mean, even yeah. if it is kind of mostly a catalog, there's something artful about the way it's put together. I think the short lines that kind of like 25 days in a year, 25, right? Like rather than, rather than long lines that end on, that end with kind of strong uh, assertive endings, the way it kind of falls away um and and even the way he sort of lampshades the fact that he can't say fuck on i don't give a wait a minute um the like there there is this kind of depressed quality about it that you know it's it's definitely uh uh sad Tyler, the creator, seasonal yeah. affective disorder, Tyler, the creator, right? Christmas, Christmas affective disorder where he's doing, um, you know, uh, he's being, uh, uh, he's kind of giving voice to that, that grinchiness within all of us that I, I sort of appreciated a lot, you know? And then like, you sort of set that against like on his EP, on his EP, there are all of these instrumentals like yeah. Whoville, which sounds kind of like the chord progression from uh, the the you know the Satie piece that everyone knows, uh, Gymnopédie, um, and uh, what Cindy Lou's Wish is another is another one where they're just these they're just these textures, you know, it's it's just these Christmas vibes, yeah. You know, that that is. Uh, um, that that I think are you know really really good, but that like this idea that like I I also like this idea I like kind of music inspired by the motion picture right like that that if you take it seriously if you think of it as like a as a kind of marketing move right as a way to kind of merchandise your album by connecting it to a larger property that there's going to be a big advertising push around yeah okay that's a, that's a little bit like but you know you remember the the prince batman album from uh yeah bat dance yeah exactly that that was a good record you know and like the idea of artists responding to something else in the culture explicitly right is is close to a kind of golden age literary culture you know Mm -hmm. that we think about when like auden was writing poems in response to yates or something like that or like you know right like that this was a uh you know that 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 people were in dialogue with each other and and gave a sense of um i guess kind of of a scene right but what yeah. i was going to say was gave a sense of kind of cohesiveness uh cohesiveness in the culture and i i you know i really like the kind of the the uh, uh, uh like a hip hop uh, like a rapper producer taking um 
taking inspiration from like a mainstream film. You know, I wish there were more, uh, I wish there were more things like that in the, in the culture that were kind of like explicitly glosses on her responses to, um, to other works. Yeah, I think that's very, and and it allows this, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing, right? It's, I, I think that there is both this, like, like you're right, it's creating a scene. And I think that also the choice of doing this with a children's film and, and a, a kind of children's property that then keeps, that has gotten sucked up into the kind of, you know, reboot, reboot and universe itis, right? That it's just kind of, there's new versions of the, of the product and the, the properties that keep getting churned out that there is a sense of it's, it's this, and again, I, I do see this as aligned with some of the kind of pieces of, of pop art, but it's, it's in our moment where it's both is authorized with and in parallel with kind of a branded rollout for the movie, but is also very much Tyler doing Tyler things. Right. And, and so that there is this, like it, it kind of is dichotomy smashing, right? It is not just, it is, it's not either corporate tie in or, weird art project, right? It's not just kind of, um, like irreverent pranking or kind of sincere, like engagement with childhood, right? It's, 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 it's both, it's both and, right? Um, and, and I think that that's interesting and it kind of, it like maps a, um, you know, a, a interesting progression that was, uh, in Tyler's own, you know, the rest of his career. And, you know, he produced, I think it was last year, um, one of his more interesting albums and kind of cohesive overall albums, um, flower boy, um, which is also, you know, engages with kind of gender and sexuality and a lot of like interesting non-binary ways. And so, I don't know, I, I think that, I think there is something that as much as this was kind of relatively slight, relatively kind of like, corporate adjacent right that in these songs both in the in the the instrumentals and in the rap songs um there is something that is kind of both expressing his point of view and engaging with the culture in an earnest way yeah there's a Uh, there's a like an artistically successful texturedness yeah um, to it and a kind of a kind of multi-layered uh kind of thing where it rewards um uh uh thinking and and you know examination and consideration uh contrast that yes there it is, there it is. <laughs> yep, yep, I'm, I'm right there with you bro hey hey uh fuck rivers cuomo and fuck his fuck his like uh scrapbook full of song lyric ideas that he mix and matches like the magnets on a fridge to make songs fuck summer but- elaine fuck drunk dory fuck the like the guitar riff that you like just tried out from your you know scrapbook of guitar riffs to puzzle piece your way together uh into that song hey you know some of the new songs are really cool i think you know we're we're now living the snl weezer sketch right um i'll put that in the show notes uh it, it is right and 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 you're referring right that rivers cuomo um wrote what would santa do and it's such a rivers cuomo song and that like as it's such a a post 2000 weezer song in that the lyrics like are designed to anger you and then the song gets stuck in your head and and you're just left there 
like feeling distraught and lost, which I guess is like how Rivers Cuomo must feel all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the actual thing that Weezer is doing is that by, by still being able to write these great hooks and have these moments of, of what you loved, but then, then obscuring them in, in just the most inane lyrics, you, he makes you feel like he feels. <laughs> and that's, and, and, and you know what, that is not what Santa would do. Um, that is, that is, that is, uh, that is what Satan would do. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and it really did get stuck in my head. It's so, it's so stupid. Right. The, the, I, that was what I read at the beginning. Right. Um, just the makes me want to clench my fist and sock him in the mouth is such a riversism, right? Because it's so, it's, it's like uh, it's, rivers. You'd probably break your hand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, he, he probably would. So here's, here's the, go, only back, one. go back to the crocodillos rivers, <laughs> go back to the din and tonics. Aren't they having, aren't they having a, an award ceremony at the lampoon? <laughs> um so let me this is this is all we need to say about the monkeys the sickness uh, society is gonna never mind i just i i'm not a i'm not a fan this, i mean i don't know i don't, this, think, this he, I don't think he was a fan either of of the harvard oh, um yeah. it's what gave us uh pinkerton oh Look, good point spoiler alert Pinkerton's not a happy album, <laughs> um, and and uh, and 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 he's not a happy guy. Um, and so, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't think he was. I don't think he was Mister Ra Ra Harvard. That's for sure. Um, so, but but that said, he yeah, you know, screw that guy. Uh, <laughs> so so here's the. I, I think we both. You know, we saw the list of songwriters and collaborators on this uh, on this Monkeys album and said, "Well, this is this could be interesting." Yep. But these are names and ideas that are adjacent to our interests. Sure. And I had some familiarity with the Monkeys, right? The Monkeys had this boom um, when we were kids, where the Monkeys episodes started showing up on Nickelodeon or Nick at Night, and I think a little bit on MTV too. Um, MTV as well. MTV two didn't exist uh, at that. <laughs> kids um and uh and, and there was a kind of mini monkeys boom so they're on my radar um and then they then once i kind of got into the beatles i became aware of their context right as these kind of you know a beatles kind of coattail rider slash parody right and as this kind of constructed right they're they're a proto boy band sure they were of- the ozone of uh you know <laughs> Of the sixties, right? Uh, yeah, to the Beatles, uh, Backstreet Boys, and In Sync. Um, uh, you know, boy, you're really trying to ruin Christmas now. Oh, no, not 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 uh, not um, <laughs> not Ozone. Not. It that would have been too clever. O Town was the name of the band that I'm thinking uh, uh, of. But, but just the fact that of, of even comparing, like even uh, intimating that my beloved Beatles are a boy band is just enough to make me. Oh flip come on, heart, come heart, on! But, uh, are you you know you can't go there. Justin, right? Justin Timberlake is totally Paul. I, I can't accept this. The, 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 
boy bands have individual brands. The Beatles have four masterful songwriters. I don't actually believe but, that. By the uh, way, Ryan, since since my girlfriend has two small children, I've been watching a lot of insufferable kids TV uh, recently. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, one thing that like I actually recommend to everybody is a show on Netflix called Beat Bugs, which is an animated show uh, set to the music of the Beatles, and they wow. and each. Uh, episode each kind of like and sometimes they're like two in one half hour uh, is a like a story that's like the backstory for a Beatles song and then it's performed by uh, it's performed by a contemporary singer songwriter so like Eddie Vedder sings a Beatles song Pink sings a Beatles song I am the walrus <laughs> I think he sings Day in the Life I'm not sure but the, the uh, yeah it's uh, the new Today, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, rest, rest his head on a pillow made of bed bugs. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, <laughs> beat bugs. Uh, if you do the, um, if you want, uh, I really feel like it's it's the truest uh, and most tolerable expression of the Beatles is in this. All right, uh, right. You, you were right with me until you you you, you turned it into a uh, into something hurtful again. <laughs> That's uh, I'm the, just, the, just saying. Just just nice until you just pull the rug out from under me. Just it's, Justin it's, Timberlake it's, is uh, is totally Sir Paul. Uh, all right, you know, I'll, 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 I'll begrudgingly accept that just to keep things. <laughs> um, talk so, shit, talk shit about Tori Amos. I deserve it. Uh, no, I, I, I like, I, I like Tori Amos. But have you uh, heard her her Christmas album? It's pretty terrible. Oh, does she have a Christmas album? Yeah, it's called Midwinter Graces. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, it's it's like a it's a uh, it's so it's a it's a it's a winter solstice album. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a Saturnalia album. Um, so here's the one thing about, and I don't think we even need to really talk about any of the songs. But the Monkeys album uh, is produced and kind of. Um, uh, assembled by Adam Schlesinger, who is the, um, as I said at the top, right, the songwriter for Fountains of Wayne. And I think what's like really interesting about Adam Schlesinger, I really had not thought about Fountains of Wayne since around 2003 when um, Stacy's mom was really big. But this guy really has quite a career for himself as a kind of like comedy song writer, uh, comedy and like light humor songwriter. And this guy has a, um, I believe he has um, a, 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 no wins, but uh, a EGOT's worth of nominations, right? Um, and so uh, Academy Award nomination for writing the That Thing You Do song um, from the Tom Hanks film, yeah. um, right? Uh, Grammy nominations uh, for Stacy's Mom. Um, I believe a Tony nomination, um, I believe, yeah, for the... Um, uh, score for uh, the musical adaptation of John Waters' Cry Baby, um, and then uh, Emmy nominations for writing some of the joke songs that um, Neil Patrick Harris sang when uh, when when um, 
hosting the Emmys, as well as several songs he's been working for the last three or four years on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And, and he's actually, I believe, the like executive music producer um, of, of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And so seeing that unlock this is like, oh, okay, so Adam Schlesinger is basically a Jonathan Colton who got famous before he got to have this kind of idiosyncratic, like, um, like, like, career at the um at the fringes of like funny songwriting with his funny friends right again this this is a guy who can um you know open up his rolodex and get michael chabon right Um, and and can get rivers um and uh and and peter buck from rem right and so and 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 so that this is and he's been doing this this is his second album with the monkeys with the surviving monkeys um but the backing band is the rest of fountains of wayne and so understand it as that and and kind of i I guess i enjoyed this album because it it it, uh allowed me to understand uh, and make visible the hidden network of uh adam schlesinger's work um and it also um had uh, me go back to um, the Fountains of Wayne album, um, the one that had Stacy's mom. I think it was it called something Interstate Managers, Dear Interstate Managers, or something like that. Um, Welcome Interstate Managers, huh. um, and that's some that's some good power pop. Um, I'll, I'll say, you know, Fountains of Wayne have had um, uh, more good power pop albums in uh in in with in this millennium than weezer has um yeah w- welcome interstate managers worth a listen um and, you know uh especially it's it's definitely a bit more than stacy's mom and uh he's a a bit more than just kind of a one-hit wonder um crossover songwriter and so that was the interesting thing about this um but the rest of it is it, it's still pretty pointless and it's it's not really particularly listenable um other than you know what would santa do which does get caught in your head but that that was that was just the one piece that like because for me i was just like and maybe for you as well i was just like why does this exist um and 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 it wasn't even just this like serving certain pieces of nostalgia but it, it exists because this is some kind of um amusing project to adam schlesinger <laughs> yeah it, well again why do why do these uh why do these songs need, need to be written right there there's no kind of ulteriority right there's no like right. second level to right. Right. A, to any of them right. e- even right. like if if uh what would santa do is the most successful um because of its kind of hookiness, like a little bit, it's it's right on the surface. Like sometimes I get angry, but then I think of my role model Santa, and you know he wouldn't get get. I mean, there's a song on this called "I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day," which makes me think of the SNL. Yeah. D- 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 like uh, I don't care what people yeah. say, Christmas. Yeah. In fact, I'm gonna put that in the show notes too. The yeah, yeah, the. No. Uh, I, I was going to say that's probably my favorite Christmas song. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's, uh, it also has gotten, I only discovered that this year that it was covered by, um, the strokes Julian Casablancas, um, that really who like beefed it up into its full Ramonzi glory. Um, it's under, he 
um, put it out under the name Christmas treats. Um, but yeah, it's like, once you even have the suggestion of, I wish it was Christmas today, it just like, that just destroys the purpose. Like I literally, I think, um, I think when I got there, I actually turned, I, I turned off the monkeys and went and queued up, um, the, the classic SNL video for like the 15th time in this season. Um, cause it's, it's so that, that now, now that's what I call Christmas music. Um, <laughs> I, I'd say the only other one that is worth a listen is um, is the one with the Michael Chabon lyrics, "The House of Broken Gingerbread," which is this odd, like psychedelic song. This like interesting kind of Lucy in the Sky with uh, with with uh, with with nutmeg, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's and it's kind of interesting. Again, it's the um, or it's the, what the amazing adventures of Donner and Blitzen, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> what was the title of Cavalier? Yeah, yeah the, of Cavalier the, and the, Clay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, it, but you're right that that um, there is just you know for for the pros and cons of the other threes that we discussed, Shatner, um, Grinch, and Old Ninety Sevens. There's a there is more going on artistically in all of those, and I mean that's what's like odd, and I guess it's like it's it's, it's that's what's both interesting about Adam Schlesinger, but like uh, frustrating is that like given that this guy has a, like both. Uh, remarkable like hook writing chops and uh, an ability to kind of weave that in with like um some interesting humor that kind of sense of of like you say of or ulterior ulteriority and artistic purpose is really lost on this album sure um and and maybe that is and and so and and i think that that's you know in part because the vector for this is the monkeys who are themselves right it's this is a copy of a copy of a copy and then it's cut up into those little like festive snowflakes and hung around yeah. right uh and, and and the kind of um it's 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 like the 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 weak misreading has been misread so many times that all the text has faded <laughs> and and there's just like not a lot there but again that said i don't know maybe maybe um what would santa do is the dark horse candidate to be to, to become the next um christmas canon right like if if you want to um destroy my ugly christmas sweater hold this thread as i walk away <laughs> um and uh and and maybe and th- that would be the i actually want what would santa do to become Rivers Cuomo's most famous and beloved beloved song. That's what he deserves in his stocking. Uh-huh. And and this is what you all deserved in your stocking, uh, which is one hour and thirty four minutes uh, of, of a, a uh, excruciatingly close re- close reading of four Christmas albums. But we, uh, it, 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 it is our. Uh, our our Shatner clause, um, and, uh, and and actually that is uh, that is a a Shatner clause C L A U S E, which is a a line in our uh, in our contracts that says that if we um, discuss uh, an album by William Shatner, we must discuss it for a minimum of ninety minutes. <laughs> Um, and so we we obeyed the uh, the 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 stipulations of our, our of our Shatner. Clause. Yeah, we are we are in compliance with our contract. 
but no, it's been it's been good to be back. Uh, I've I've missed I've missed doing all 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 trollishness aside. I've missed doing this, uh, and I I really do love I really do love doing this. Uh, and and I and I wanted to say actually very sincerely um, uh, a deep appreciation for our listeners who have uh, waited patiently, have hopefully not deleted this feed. I mean, maybe we've we've just Christmased into the void, uh, yeah. but if. Uh, and and you know um, if if a podcast releases into uh, f- feeds that are no longer subscribed, does anyone hear it? Right. Um, but uh, but I have great faith that you guys are still there um, on the other side of the void. So give us a shout on all the places that you know how to do that um, on the show notes at overthinkingit.com, on Facebook or on Twitter. Let us know you're there. Um, let us know your thoughts on these four uh, holiday albums um, on whatever else you've been listening to in uh in 2018 um you know look last time when we went on hiatus we made a promise about the length of the hiatus that we we certainly did not keep um but uh but we <laughs> in other words last christmas you gave us your heart <laughs> <laughs> and the very next day uh we we went on sabbatical <laughs> um but this is, uh, you know, among uh, Christmas time, New Year's is a, is a time for for uh, for reflection, for reframing, for reclaiming, uh, and so we will we will we will we will enter our TFT cave, our, our the fragile cave of our minds, uh, and and reemerge to rejoin you guys. Um, and so uh, ha- have a great. Um, late December um, pagan season uh, and, and whichever holidays you um, you celebrate in that because I am fighting Shatter. Uh, I will not see say the Christmas word. Oh, I just said it. Uh, I'm a hypocrite, but we all are. But I will not say the Christmas word again. Oh, wait, I just did it. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and wherever you are in your holiday uh, observance and uh, wherever the end of 2018 finds you, please... Make your resolution for 2019. And keep it real. (laughs) Oh, oh, did I eat your lunch? (laughs) Also, fuck Connor Oberst. I'm gritty. (laughs) 